0: hey everybody welcome to the new world pictures podcast bonus episode for feb cest how are you guys enjoying your feb cest are you guys doing something how do you celebrate tell us I, how I, you like, celebrate doing
1: this podcast that's I that's what we we're doing that's right mark you celebrate differently
0: are you talking to me <laughs> yes i'm talking to both of you i'm ryan and i'm talking to mark uh,
1: uh, uh yeah uh, hi i'm here <laughs> and erica
2: Erica also? Erica also. That's How do you right. guys
0: celebrate Feb Do you guys have
2: anything any rituals that you guys normally go to for Feb Nope. <laughs> None that I can share on the podcast.
0: <laughs> oh, exactly. Because Feb Fest is all about watching the new world movies about obsession and our very first episode was Talking Walls, which we thought really worked actually. Our selections worked out really well in terms of our sets Because mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm.
0: we did Z- Disastuary, and that worked out for the most
1: part. <laughs> for the most part, they were pretty disaster films. <laughs> the New World Pictures podcast works out for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> That's the shirt. But um, but uh, we,
0: we enjoy Talking Walls, and we enjoy talking to Marie Loren, who is one of the stars of Talking Walls. Mm-hmm. Arguably uh, the star. Mm-hmm. Ar- inarguably the star. <laughs> um, and she was wonderful to talk to. We talked mm-hmm. to her not only about um, Talking Walls, but also she was in uh, Creature as well, which is another film that we were we were very into. We very much liked. We actually, I remember uh, posting a little bit about that back mm-hmm. when we were doing um, Forbidden World July last year. Right. And this is definitely another. It was definitely another one of those alien ripoff movies. But we had to talk to Marie a lot about Talking Walls. We talk a lot about her career and how she started out, and uh, what she's doing now. And it's mm-hmm. an incredible conversation. She is lovely. We had a great time talking with her, and we plagued her with question after question on Talking Walls because you cannot watch Talking Walls. And not have tons of questions. Mm -hmm. And she's the only person we've talked to from that movie. We had to ask her a bunch of things. So she was very gracious and fielding (laughs) lots and lots of our questions about what what happened here to this movie. But some things are definitely going to be uncovered. So for those of you who uh, listened to our episode about Talking Walls, and if you haven't, please check it out. And if you've seen Talking Walls and you had some of these questions too, trust us. Some of these questions are going to be answered but what you're also going to get is a great conversation with a very lovely person. So here's us talking to Marie Loren. Um. So thank you again for doing this because, you know, while we're going to talk about a couple of other things, you know, in your career, Talking Walls is a movie that for us is, is, uh, there's just, uh, there's questions. We have questions. We watched <laughs> it. It is uh it's a unique movie and, and we have yes. questions about it. And okay. there's just not a, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And there's just not a lot of information out there. So, I say that just to preface that we're going to ask a lot of questions. Understandable if you don't know all the answers, but we okay. have we have to ask because we're just trying to learn about this movie because it's. Now let
4: me ask you one question before we. Of course, finish. of uh, course. Did you see the director cut or the producer's version of it?
0: That's a great question. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We saw the version that's on Blu-ray.
4: Okay, that's the producer's. Was there was there a scene in me? Uh, dressed like kind of very androgynous looking in a tuxedo with a huge cage with chicken in a cage in a punk rock club with girls playing the punk band
2: no no
1: no there that was, not. was the
4: <laughs> best scene And it got, <laughs> chop, chop. that was the director's so you saw the producer's version which is very different I'm sorry,
1: okay oh. well, is that that the
0: version is that the version that that was essentially released on vhs is that the, one that, the, did the, direct-
4: the director's version was never released. I think they okay. we, they went back two years later and did a more sh- pick up shots and changed things around, and that's what she saw.
0: Okay, okay. Oh, wow. Well, then wow. we have questions about that. But let's start. <laughs> let's start though. At the you know for for you, let's start in the beginning. You grew up in Quebec. Yeah. And you do always? Did you always want to be an actor? Oh, always.
4: Always I mean like I said in my bio I, I I was obsessed with puppets I started with puppets and like Angelo pudding and this special offers if you sell a bunch of empty J- jello pudding boxes you get a really awesome cardboard huge puppet theater of puppets nobody in my family ate jello but i talked to them into buying <laughs> grandpa grandma and jello pudding and i got my puppet theater and i oh my god it was amazing wow
3: yeah that's wow. a
1: it, it's an interesting marketing plan for jello yeah eat I'm enough jello sure. get puppets <laughs> yeah I'm
0: not, yeah i guess i well i guess it worked i mean yeah. i guess it worked right i mean I,
4: yeah entertain the kids in the neighborhood with that and Great. And they start writing little scenes. And there you go. That's how my love for theater and acting uh, happened. And also, <laughs> wow. I went to a convent with nuns, and but we had a movie club. And once a month, on Friday's afternoon, we, we would watch a movie in a big auditorium. I cannot believe the stuff they showed us in a convent. I was 11 years old when I saw the original version of Romeo and Juliet.
1: You know' uh-huh. the, sure, the zeparelli version
4: naked and all that with nuns,
1: yeah, wow, wow, and yeah, what, did least. they know that that was coming, and they were just yeah, thinking, didn't, well, yeah, oh wow, didn't,
4: there was the sixties
1: you know, so yeah,
0: of mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was curious when i when I watched that version in high school as well, because there was I mean, we were secretly all excited because we knew there was nudity, but you know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know.
0: You're not like telling all your buddies, I can't wait. We're gonna watch Romeo and Juliet today. It's gonna be awesome. (laughs) 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 So, um, did you do anything? uh, And did you do theater or do anything in Quebec before you moved to Los Angeles? I was involved
4: in you know in the plays in school, and I always got cast as a boy. I always (sighs) play the boys' part. I don't know why. I mean, but I play the boys. And then uh, my family was very, very uh, much against me uh, becoming an actress because Mm. they considered. I mean you could be a a musician could be an artist but actresses now it's you know wow
1: interesting uh,
4: shoddy lifestyle and all that so i went to Laval university and studied sociology uh with plans of later on you know uh sociology because i fell in psychology because it, it relate to studying you know the world we live in and then as an actress i can you know maybe find it useful and then I convinced my parents, I find out that you can get a bachelor's degree in the United States in theater. Mm-hmm. So I convinced them to, to, I transferred to USC, where I was majoring, continuing my studies in sociology and minor in theater.
0: So when you finished yes. school, did you just start auditioning for things?
4: No, when I graduated from USC, I mean, I, 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 it's funny, that I, I could barely speak English. I could read very well, but I was totally oblivious about how bad my English was. So I would, I would audition in school plays and make it to the end and then say, well, we can't understand what you're saying, but you get an A for effort anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so after I graduate, I went back to Quebec for one year and uh, I, got, I got engaged to an American I had met at USC and I got in a beauty con I won a beauty contest. It was not part of the plan, but it happened and it was amazing. Actually for me, it was very, very helpful. Sure. And, hmm. uh, it was Miss Quebec, and that was first round for Miss Canada. And because it was the year that Quebec was supposed trying to to uh, separate from the rest of Canada through a referendum, we had a team of journalists from uh, Radio Canada who followed the pageant. Mm-hmm. And they were rooting for me to win. So when I lost, the next day on newspaper, Miss Quebec lost because she's from Quebec. So <laughs> it became uh. a political thing. And I got tremendous exposure from that talk shows, or TV shows, radio shows, they want to interview me. So I sent my resume uh, to agents in Los Angeles, very naive, you know, in this, and ignores his bliss. I had bachelor bachelor's degree in sociology in Miss Quebec, and that was it. And I got, <laughs> I got a lot of response. It was ah.
3: amazing.
4: So I flew back here to get an agent. And uh, I remember I knew, I just had names. I, I didn't know who they were. And I remember telling my... My friend Unelli you know, was an actor. I said, this this guy William Morris call? Is he any good?" So, huh? I am like, <laughs> 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 like, dum, dumb." Dum. <laughs> so, I met with William Morris and said, "Take dialect classes, get rid of your accent, and we'll sign you." Well, I never got rid of my accent, and I'm not with William Morris. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you did, you did sign with some agent, right? Yeah, because I did, you...
4: and uh, I was extremely lucky. After being in town for three weeks, uh, my first job was guest starting on Three's Company.
3: Right. And I was wow. signed. Yeah.
4: I, I didn't know what Three's Company was. And I I, I was n- not nervous because I didn't know how big of a deal it was, but they basically mm-hmm. they kept calling me back and back and back and back and then end up the big, the big, you know, trope table with all the executive around the table. And I found out they were they wanted to put me in as a regular on the show. So I was signed as a regular on the show. Unfortunately, it was the last episode that Susan Summer did that I did. So they went in full mm. pan- She quit after that. They went in full mm-hmm. panic mode. They felt I was obviously not a Susan Summer replacement. And uh, they went looking. They they dropped my contract and went mm.
3: looking. Mm.
0: Yeah.
4: But that was How- a great way to start.
3: Sure. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: How was it working on that show?
4: Oh, it was amazing. Unbelievable. John Ritter was just Oh, my God. They were all so giving. And they were—they they knew, they thought I would be part of it. Like they say, welcome to the family. Mm-hmm. So, and it was the only episode that was shot in one take, like a play.
3: Oh, wow.
4: No, no, no pick up, shot nothing, because the uh, writer strike was really, really on the corner. So, they were all mm. afraid. So, we shot it really fast in one take.
0: Wow. And there's only one episode that you ended up doing? Yep. Yeah. Did you and ever then from, get to talk to
1: Suzanne Summers and ask her, hey? I
4: had no no rapport zero with her. No.
1: Okay. Me,
4: and because I did not talk to me. Everybody else was extremely welcoming, but we had no and I was very shy at the time, so I didn't sure.
3: want to, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah, sure. That makes sense. And so from there you did a bunch of uh uh T- TV appearances, yeah, right? Yeah, like,
4: I did a Love Boat right after that because they wanted to promote me on ABC because it, that would become part of, of Three's company. So they created this part, this guest are part of Love Boat for me, the French King Girl Pen Pal. And uh I, I met Aaron Spelling and said, Okay, you're you know, you got your episode. That was that easy because of Three's company.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So I, I I I didn't pay my dues at first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I did it
4: backward.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then so did were you, were you always hoping to get into movies, or were you pretty comfortable doing TV? Because it looks like you did TV for for a while. Or were you no, always no, trying I, to? I didn't
4: care whatever part I could get. I was happy to wear whether it was a five lines or a guest star. I had, I had no pro, no preference. You know, okay. I just love performing, so it didn't matter to me.
0: And were you only were you just strictly doing TV at that time, or were you doing like no, plays I, I or?
4: Oh, no, I never did plays. I mean, I, I work on theater in my acting classes, but I never uh, even tried to audition for plays because mm. my husband.
0: You know, okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so when you do eventually break into movies, was Talking Walls, I know you had mentioned to me that Talking Walls was actually shot before you did Creature. Yes, was it was talking movie role. Yeah, so that oh. was the first movie role that you got was Talking Walls.
3: Yeah.
4: And the that's way crazy. It's very odd. I uh auditioned for the part and for a casting director, didn't get a call back. And maybe three weeks, a month later, I get this phone call from this guy. I had I was a I work as a hostess for the American film market met a photographer, and we exchanged phone uh, numbers and all that. And you remember me and his friend, I told him about this film he was working on. He said, I know this girl, she's perfect for it. And and the guy said, Well, we cast the part but I had to call the production company. So I, I did, and it was very really unlike me, like I said, I'm very shy, but I call, so, oh, no. I said, well, come on in. And I go in the office in Culver City and the old the Culver City Studios, and the director comes out of his office and look at me, and he, and he started talking, and he said, come in my office. And he gives me a few pages. And he said, what are you doing today? I said, nothing. He said, can you stay here all day? I'm gonna call the the, the lead, Steven Shellen." to see how you guys are working out together. And they had cast somebody, that was true, the uncaster, and they cast me instead. Isn't that crazy? Wow, crazy. yeah.
0: Wow. Did, did they change the character to be in French because they cast you French in it? all
4: the time. That's oh, what really. Okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah.
0: OK, right. well, um, to, to get back to Creature, though, because Creature gets put out before Talking Walls. Yes. Does Talking Walls help you get Creature or Castle
4: Creature? Yet, nobody had
0: seen, uh, seen it, Wall. right? Wow, no, nobody okay. had
4: seen it. Yeah. I so you just,
0: you yeah. had an audition for it. Okay. So you auditioned for Bill Malone to, to yeah, get it was that part.
4: for It was never written for French. Was it written for French Girl? I can't remember that one. Uh, but yeah, I auditioned for Bill and uh, yeah, and I got it and it was, oh my God, it was so much fun. <laughs> you know? yeah. we hit them, Bill, Bill, we need to do comedy out of that because those guys are so freaking funny, you know, mm-hmm. all of them, we're, we're doing, their background is mostly comedy, so it was hysterical, the, the, the stuff they would say, improvise, mm-hmm. whatever, yeah, so now it's going to be drama. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. It is a really good cast. Uh oh, really amazing.
4: And it I does seem
0: fun. like you guys are having a great time doing it. you
4: just- really did. Yeah.
0: Despite the fact that you're like shooting uh, in this warehouse in Burbank and it's like
1: hot,
4: oh, they didn't have any. At, at first, some of the actors almost passing out because of the helmet.
3: Yeah, yeah, Oh my <laughs> gosh.
4: The and the, it will steam up really fast. Mm-hmm. Like when you put those masks on your glasses. Mm-hmm. So that, mm-hmm. Some weeks to it. They also had a lot of problem with the creature. It wasn't looking right. So uh, that was the, the biggest uh, difficulties, and the plane will be flying on top all the time, on top of us. So we we'll cut, start again.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you're, the, you probably were not too far from the Burbank airport. No, well,
4: we're right next to it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, no. That's so much <laughs> making. What do you expect? You know. <laughs> I mean, we didn't have. Usually, a lot of time unsaturated. I mean, you you can take showers afterward. You know, there's this the scene where I'm just covered with. Red syrup for blood, red syrup, yep. and I mm-hmm. drive home like that. <laughs> oh
3: my, really? <goodness.
4: laughs> one o'clock in the morning, I was driving from Burbank to Echo Park, and I had expired tags because I'm the kind <gasps> of person who don't pay my registration until I get pulled over by the cops.
1: You know, oh, no, <laughs> that is a strategy. That's a way that to is about it. that's one way to go about it.
4: <laughs> yeah. I right? was out. The, the cops love French accent, I think, because they always I get a little. Oh. Ah. I'm sorry, it's okay. Okay, go take care of it. So I get pulled over and the guy rolled on my door, put a splash on my face and he sees me. <laughs> <laughs> you <know? laughs>
0: Did you have to explain what you were doing? Or you Yes,
4: yes. He laughed. Of course I didn't get in trouble. It's go home, take a shower, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, bye. yeah. Just pay for those tags. Save yeah. by the pink blood. <laughs> yep, yep. Did you you got along really well with Bill Malone? He was very oh, yeah,
4: Bill is great. Yeah, yeah. I
0: I, I watched I re I rewatched it and rewatched the interview on the Blu-ray, and he's very complimentary of your performance. And... He's
4: terrific. He's, he's adorable. We're still in touch with each other, and you no, know, he's, he's he's wonderful. He's, he's a really he's very very creative, obviously, but he's also a good person. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I That's... was
4: very very blessed with my directors. They were all wonderful. the The crew was wonderful to work with on oh, oh, no, all my projects. was amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh Diane Salinger also she called your performance very brave.
3: Oh, so sweet of her.
0: <laughs> yeah, in the on the Blu-ray, because she was like talking because there's nudity involved, and she yes. was like so she was very happy her character does not get nude in, in, Well,
4: uh, let me tell before. you the story about the nudity because it's pretty funny. We we have two scenes where there's nudity in it. This scene with my my co-star and and we somehow the producer we're not we're not happy with with the way we're doing doing it and we were both looking uncomfortable uh his wife was literally about to give birth so yeah. it, it was not his thing to be rolling the hay with some girl when the wife is in labor pain yeah. <laughs> he was just a terrific really sweetheart and i'm thinking and he was like you know really we're both and that made me feel uncomfortable too so they said well, one more let's try again and finally I say you know what this is enough and i told bill i have this idea about the scene where basically i am the aggressor he doesn't have to do anything you know and i wrote the scene and i showed it to bill said so yeah let's do it and there was a scene on the planet where i'm mm-hmm. right running around naked because that's what zombies do do <laughs> and and he's wearing this a full helmet you know the, the and he right. just then i rip his helmet out done deal yeah
0: wow wow so okay so that was all your idea
1: too so that, that only...
4: was my idea yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah i i will say we have watched a lot of zombie movies over the years and i've never thought about the fact that you're right a zombie isn't going to care if they're <laughs> clothed or not Correct. Nope. That modesty yeah. is no longer a part of a zombie's it's repertoire. Gone.
3: It's long gone. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I have learned something new about zombies today.
3: So thank no. you.
4: <laughs> and Bill you did, a, did a great job directing the light. Oh, I wanted I want something artsy. So it was really the way it was lit was really. I wasn't. I didn't feel it was explicative The way it was shot, it was really beautiful. Right. You know right. that. So I was very happy with the way you did it.
0: Yeah, I thought the entire well, I mean, I've always kind of had a soft spot for the movie, but I do love the way it shot, and I love the way you guys, the whole cast, really commits to this movie. Because I, I mean, yeah. they some of them, uh, some of the actors admit in the on the Blu-ray that like the sets, like I mean, it looks good on film, but like when you see it in real life, like it yeah. looks pretty chintzy, and you know, it's made for a very low budget. So, uh, but, but everyone committed a hundred percent to the movie. And I feel like sometimes you could, you can make a movie that's low budget like that worse by not committing a hundred percent and just sort of going, well, I'll do what I have to, to get my paycheck, but this one's not going to be anything. Right. But everybody
4: said you were looking forward to go to work in the morning because it was Mm -hmm. so much fun. You know, it was like being in Disneyland. And And then there's King's key.
0: I was about to ask. Klaus Kinski, he he has a bit of a reputation for being difficult to work with.
4: He was was very rough on some of the actresses. I was Ah. very fortunate because I spoke French. Okay. And he spoke French and I was not American.
3: Mm -hmm.
4: And he despised Americans. So he didn't do anything inappropriate to me, didn't touch. He, He was very charming with me just because
0: of where I'm from. Yeah. Okay.
3: Okay. But I have
4: no bad stories to tell. I mean, I had vomit on him.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you guys fight, you have a fight yes. scene.
4: Yes. No, so I was fun. wondering,
0: is he easier to fight with or is Burt Reynolds easier to fight with? Like which one would be... Is, oh,
4: that's a, Oh, done? you did your homework, don't you?
0: <laughs> <No>? <laughs> yeah.
4: Oh my God, it was very different. It was no stunt corner. Me and, and Klaus was just going <clears> to <throat> go for it. Just going know?
0: for it, okay, I wonder. When I
4: fight, I, I like to do... It for. I mean, I, it helps me as an actress. I tell the guys, don't be afraid. Just squeeze me hard, you know? With Burt, we had a... Oh my God, the stunt very, very famous stunt coordinator that directed that episode.
0: Hal Needham. Hal Needham directed yes. that. Yes. yes. It's, a, it's an episode of B.L. Striker. is yes. the TV show that, that yes. Burt Thank Reynolds was you. doing Red Red at the Raid time. Is
4: frozen. Yeah. It's, early no, early. it's
0: it's like an ABC movie series that also yes. included Kojak and Columbo and then B.L. Striker.
4: And that was that, that was very special to me because I am the biggest klutz in the world. I hate sports. <laughs> I'm really bad at it. And I was always the last girl to be picked up on the basketball team. In, and I was totally traumatized mm-hmm. by that. Mm-hmm. It's so humiliating. So when he came to me, he said, do you want to do your own stunts? Or I'll have a woman?" I said, oh, and I started telling him about my sub stories. He said, well, you kind of build like a dancer. He said, "Let me, let me me let me test you. And he told me that I was a natural. I couldn't believe it. That's because wow. i my life. You know? <laughs> I don't need therapy anymore. Thank you, you know? Right. <laughs> and he, 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 he had a cowboy hat on. Mm-hmm. And he put it on my head. He said, practice kicking the hat with like this. So when Bert comes to you, you the punch, pretend there's a hat on your head.
1: Huh? Oh, that's really smart. Oh, wow! Yeah. Wow! Good yeah. technique. And then you
4: came out to fall, and it, and so I did my own stuff, and that was really something else. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now
0: was that one of the, like the, also one of the first scenes you'd really had with Bert? Because he, it's most of the movie, it's like you're you're sort of In on your own. Way. Yeah, you, you do like he's watching you, but you do you're kind of off yeah, doing it was your own the, thing. The
4: first scene, which was toward the end of the of the yes, schedule.
0: right, right, because you were like the bad, you were a bad girl. In
4: that yeah, one. I was a princess dash terrorist, but I got to wear real <laughs> Chanel clothes. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and they let me buy it like really cheap. So, so it was
0: <laughs> now was this was that a role, um, that you got after Creature because Creature was oh, did yeah. well, right? What that...
4: happened? Yeah, I, I. I got that role way after Creature it was that thing, and because my daughter was already born, so it was like 1992. And I got a phone call from my agent, and she said the producer of this TV show saw your Hitchhiker on TV two nights ago, and they want you for the part. Oh so, wow! Okay. in suitcase, you're leaving for one month for Palm Springs. Yeah, I didn't read the script, nothing. They just really. It
0: to- but that was after you'd done that episode of Hitchhiker. Did what? Yeah. What did Creature open any doors for you that you know of, or?
4: um i don't know i really don't know i think maybe more the hitchhiker creature. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
4: yeah yeah
0: now you said you would obviously we we as we just talked about you did tucking walls before you even did creatures so right when you got that part early on this is your first movie role what was the script like when you got to read Talking Walls was it because I as you said you guys reshot so what was it like initially it was
4: uh, I, mean, I loved it because it was so creative it was very segmented like with all the vignettes because it's based on the book on somebody's real story the
0: motel tapes
4: yes yes and uh, I, I, I thought it was wonderful and then um, Stephen Verona the director who I did Lord of Flatbush before which was a big deal of a, for an indie movie, mm-hmm. was just wonderful. Uh, and the producer, I think his name was Phil Waxman, just, they were great. And they, right. they took me, uh, when I did the thing for the clothes, they took me on the set and showed me the set. It was unbelievable. But, you know, Stephen was, is an artist, a real right. artist. Right, and, like a painter oh my and a photographer. God, it was so visual, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And that those, I remember that make those big, because sh- each room is a fantasy room. Right. Mm-hmm. So they went crazy with the colors and, and, and the props. It was it was really wonderful. And I really thought, oh, that could be a great cultish indie movie based, you know, based on the script and what I see here. And this past as a director of Lord of Flatbush.
0: Was it you more know? of a drama, the script at the time, or is it more of a comedy?
4: Comedy, comedy. Different. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah okay yeah. because in, when we watched it it definitely came across as like sort of a dark comedy yeah kind yeah, of cultish element. so yeah we were very curious did it did it read like that did it did it when you finally was, saw it did yeah, you feel like was it was true to your
4: um my version with steven but everybody all the other characters who who uh, are in the motel it was very, it was like really comedy like edgy mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, they're really pushing the envelope with some of the scenes uh, so it's too bad you didn't get to see the director's cut. Wow. I, yeah,
0: I don't know where that exists. I would love, We would love to see that. Yeah, um, and that
4: scene in that warehouse, my God, it was so crazy. And then, so they had, you know, it was very dark, smoke everywhere. I'm wearing a tuxedo, my hair all slicked back. So I look at, like I said, androgynous. They, had, they built this huge cage with a female punk band in the cage playing wow. throughout the scene with chickens in the cage. With the women and a bunch of hipsters on mopeds <laughs> circling me as I'm having a major breakdown to, to Stephen Stephen Shellen is filming me and I'm having I'm losing my shit and all those those people on mopeds are circling around me in the back the girls playing the guitar the chicken it was amazing <laughs> wow was it was
1: it supposed to uh, be a dream sequence of some kind that was real really.
4: It was supposed to be real. It was on those avant-garde club that were really big in the eighties downtown right. LA.
2: Yeah, in those warehouse. Ah, yeah, I'm so bummed we didn't get to see that. Yeah, scene. that's.
0: I'm like my see. mind's blown by it, trying to imagine where that even fits in to the narrative. Yeah.
2: They
4: they turned it. They they went back and did my Karen Car- More comedy shooting those little cute cute scenes with, with Stephen. Mm-hmm. It was without the director permission and the producer being there. Oh they really? Mm. Oh yeah.
0: So, oh, yeah. all those scenes where you're sort of shot and it looks like Stephen Shellen is is filming you, that was stuff you guys reshot? No,
4: the shot, there's a scene, I haven't seen the film in so long. Uh, there's a scene, for example, when I'm painting. I remember when I'm mm-hmm. painting or something or sculpting, all that kind of stuff. It's all, yes, stuff correct. Yeah. Two, two, maybe three years later. Yeah.
3: Wow. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah. It's like you're on a campus or something. It looks like you may be on the college campus or something and you're, yeah, you have all these sculptures around you and Mm
3: -hmm.
0: yeah, that's interesting. So that so some of those scenes were shot later without Steven Verona?
4: He was not involved in the film anymore.
0: Why is that? What happened?
4: I don't know. They took it away. The producers took it away from him. Yeah.
0: Wow. Uh, Did you get to see his so you saw his original version, the director's cut you're saying? Yeah. It was different. And the producers were unhappy with it?
4: It was too edgy for them. They tried to make it more commercial, more more fun, you know? Yeah. Right. It was much okay. More, much, much more edgy. It's a shame. Yeah. Was,
1: was that why it took uh, three years? Was they were trying to reposition it or think, how do we make this into something more, more commercial? commercially viable? Yep. Interesting. Oh, my gosh. But three years is a wow. long time to think and rethink and, and to then mm-hmm. do pickup shots. That's a long time to sit on it i mean yeah because it
4: was when was it released when was it uh
1: technically in 87
0: it's released on video i believe so
4: oh and i shot it like i think in 82
0: that's when you told me yeah
4: i think so i think it's 82 83 at the very latest yeah oh
0: wow so it sat even longer than that that's amazing did you do a very close to doing creature? Was it sort of like talking walls and then you went into creature or was there time in between? No,
4: because I did the talking walls in 82. I did a creature in 84.
3: Okay. So
4: 84. And then right after that, I did a shaker.
3: Got it. Okay. We, um, we, did your,
1: go ahead, Mark. I was just going to ask with talking walls. And I know that this may sound as a strange, a little bit of a strange question, but we're, who was in charge of all the costume choices, or or the or the what what everyone was wearing? Because there is there are some wild swings in fashion okay. yes, in yes, this, this movie.
4: Wonderful <laughs> costume designer who went out to have a fabulous career. Her name was Mary Mary Bernstein, Marie, but she goes under the name of Marie France. She's from Paris. And she's amazingly creative. And she went on to become Prince costumer and came up with the look for Prince.
1: Really? Wow. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> that makes sense.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I unfortunately lost touch with Marie France, but for a while, we we, 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 we were very close. And Marie France and Prince had the same build. Prince is, was very short. Marie France is 5'2 and very, very petite. So we would go in vintage clothes together and she would be looking for those velvet jackets and try them on and say, okay, it's going to fit him.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my no kidding. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow.
4: yeah, She was am- amazing. She, um, uh, The way she got with Prince, she, there's a mag- something called a uh, drama log back in the days, a magazine. Mm-hmm. magazine right. People used to look for jobs and they were looking for somebody to do costumes for this band nobody ever heard of. It was no pay but Marie France. Hey Maria, think I'm thinking I'm gonna do it, you know, because you need to network and 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 that was uh, for Prince. And they loved her and she <coughs> came on board and did the, the costume for his movies also and yeah, huh, she she damn. she did
0: Purple Rain yes. and Under the Cherry
2: Moon. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that is cool. Yeah, because we we when we watched it, we were commenting, you have the scene on the beach where you had this sort of like fluffy jacket but then it's short it's just some like such a unique combination of like shorts but they're kind of like capris but they're oh, blousey those, are my, those yeah. are my own
3: clothes
4: were they I love, oh, I love <laughs> that's my yes favorite.
2: we wondered we um, wonder if there's a little bit of
3: that like bringing that's your own my stuff down, down
4: falls, and my friends came over my house and pulled that stuff out of uh sure you know love it And the, yeah. the funny thing is have a little funny story. to see about purple rain um Marie-France called me and she said, "Marie, you have to come over." She was, you know, she's in Chicago, and she said, "You have to come stay with me at the hotel. Uh, the director is totally your type. He, he would really like you. You need to make more connections." And I said, "Well, I just started dating this guy. I don't think he would like that." <laughs> so I said, what's his name? And then she says his name. You know, Alma Jolie Majoli. No, never heard of him. Well. I saw purple, right? I was blown away, and I look at the name. I said, "Oh, lady shit!" Al went to USC with me, and for his thesis, he had seen a film. Student film had done, and he wanted me to to play the lead for his thesis for his master degree program. Yeah, and I stayed in Quebec for one year and became Miss Quebec. So I blew a big chance. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, no. God, isn't that crazy?
0: Yeah, crazy. That is wild. So the scenes where you do get shot in Talking Walls, where you are sort of just talking to the camera, were any of those with the director there or with Stephen Shell in there? Or or was he not even there for those scenes? I...
4: I oh, my God. I, th- I think Stephen was there. No. He was there. Of, if I remember, he was right there off camera. He, he was there all the time, so...
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I wonder, because it's all voiceover, so I wondered if that was even... If he was even there for that. Um, Did did this ever get like a did you guys ever have like a a a screening for like the whole cast was that only for the director's cut
3: Mm -hmm.
1: so that was that in like 82 83 or 83 when you had that screening or
4: hold on hold on a second am getting. you know what i'm trying to remember did we had a like a cast and crew screening because i'm confused with i'm thinking of creature here okay no, 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 no. We had a cast and crew screening. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, and that was right. of the director's cut, correct?
4: Yeah, but I had the director's cut on a on a tape, mm-hmm. and I can't. I'm sure it's somewhere. I, I cannot find it, you know, right. Marie. You we, have to, we have,
0: this. you have to find this. Because
4: <laughs> my daughter remembers singing it when she was a little girl. So yeah,
0: really. Oh
3: yeah. my goodness.
0: Then for her sake, you need to find this tape. <laughs> I
4: know, I know. I'm a
1: Release bad Release the tape,
0: Marie. <laughs> well, I would say it would be for us, but that may be yeah. not enough inspiration but for for your daughter. You know, well, to
1: find it. I, I
4: traumatized her quite a bit by showing her all those movies, which was very Young, like, look at that! Mom is being blown up. Isn't that funny? You know,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: she's being blown to that to... doesn't that look real, Clara? Mm-hmm. And she's, she jokes about it now, but she was <laughs> terrified. She couldn't. I, I didn't realize because I was thinking about explaining to her how the film how they do it. Mm-hmm. All she says, "Mom being blown away," you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I can see that. Can
0: definitely Did see you... that. You, you talked about the sets for Talking Walls. W- where was that shot? Were those in the Tower was... City
4: studios? Where oh, they we'll shot uh, Gun with the Wind. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, wow. wow. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. They it's probably great. mentioned both those titles when they give a tour. But uh...
4: <laughs> The <laughs> design was amazing. The costume and said the people that uh, Stephen uh, Verona uh, surrounded himself with were very, very creative. That's how I had really hopes. For the you know I, I think I suspect that if that film was done now instead and with the mm-hmm. director's cut, that it might have had a good run from film festivals. You know, because mm-hmm. so edgy, you know, mm-hmm. and forward, you know, um, and it, it, a lot it... of it an MTV music video, and it was shot yep. in eighty two. That's what I thought when I saw it.
3: Mm, right,
0: yeah. right. By edgy, you mean is it just just because of the subject matter or Was it because it was filled with these punk clubs because it had that sort of Everything, the
4: subject matter, being a peeping Tom, you know, uh, the way it was visually shot, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. everything. The whole package to me was, and maybe it was a downfall. That's why the producers were panicky and said, this is too wild. We cannot release that.
0: Yeah. Okay, and you and you, so you sort of saw, shot a little bit on location, but mainly in those sets. Did you ever shoot at the Tropicana Hotel? That's where they yes. or motel. That's where yeah. they shot the exteriors.
4: Yeah, we did.
1: Wow, I,
0: I'm what? trying to think of the scene. What? Well, yeah, what scene did you do there? Do you remember? Well,
4: this is, this is a scene where Sibel Danning is laying on the.
0: Yes, right. She's on. <laughs> yeah, by the pool. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. They shot there. I was there on, on you know, on the set because I was there every day. So yeah.
0: Did and you did you was- meet Sybil Danning?
4: Uh, I didn't talk to her. No,
0: I mean she didn't say much in the film. She was only there for like. Did oh, she, she have? Kept, she
4: kept did, on her own. Yeah.
0: Where, did she just know the director, the producer? Yeah, she, or Yeah,
4: she knew Steven, Yeah.
1: Okay,
0: so he just brought her
1: in for the day, yeah. just to yeah. This might be a question for you, Ryan. Although Marie, if you have oh. a, if you have, <laughs> a, when you say the producers, was New World involved at the early stages, or did they pick it up later?
0: Right, uh, that's a great question, Mark. I don't know, Marie. I would imagine uh, that I don't think this got a theatrical release, from what I was able to right. ascertain. I don't think it came out in theaters. I think New World released it on video in eighty-seven. Was
4: not involved at all. Uh, so
0: I would imagine they just picked this up and then put it out on video. Yeah. yeah. But um I and I I don't think it had a huge budget, so it probably wasn't. Super expensive to to pick up, I would think. It
4: was very, very I, I don't know what a budget was. It was union, a SAG. But, okay,
0: so it had that going for it. That's good.
4: Uh, it was a very small budget, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, did you did you see any of the reaction once it did get released on video? Did you?
4: No, uh, I I wasn't to be honest with you. I wasn't even aware that New World. I purchased the, the film. That's why when you guys contacted me, I'm thinking, why. Why New World? What do I have to do with that? I didn't know.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. if there's a if there's a New World movie that even they were tangentially associated with, we will watch it and talk about it. So oh my God. <laughs> that's, that's right. So cool. So, <laughs> funny.
4: so no, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I tr- I try, and I think is the best thing. A lot of actors do not look at read reviews, and mm-hmm. or, you know, I I don't. I mean, because I when they're they're good makes you happy when they're bad i'm so neurotic that i i linger on the bad ones
1: right And mm. I do not even
4: about the good ones so for me it's not healthy to go there so i, mm-hmm. I don't look at anything and i understand for it's just a matter of self-preservation it gets really because mm-hmm. you put everything nobody goes out there to make a shitty movie right of your course so right. you put so much of yourself into that as a filmmaker or an actor or whatever that it's people are brutal Mm-hmm. people especially mm-hmm. online where it's anonymous mm-hmm. you know you know people are just vicious so i don't look at any of, any of that stuff online yeah
0: did um did Stephen verona talk to you a little bit since you had a sociology degree did he consult you a little bit about the script for talking walls since it's no. sort of <laughs> about a sociology <laughs> no
4: i know and i was like i was like a horse you know, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no that's my mouth shut you know you know
3: <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. You see, did well,
4: you... I, had, I was very really shy. I, I changed a mm-hmm. lot as I got older, but
3: mm. yeah.
0: Did you stay in touch with Steve Verona? I know he's he's Oh,
4: no, I did not. And he passed away.
0: Yeah, he
3: did. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. I was really sad by that cuz he was a great guy, but no, we lost contact and I, I got out of the industry. Uh car, um the, the thing I did with Burt Reynolds was my last thing um in 92. Because I got up for personal reason. That wasn't a very abusive marriage, so I had to mm-hmm. take 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 care of myself, my daughter, and and um, <clears throat> I got out of acting because I needed a steady income, and I mm-hmm. used my degree to work in mental health in mm-hmm. with abused children for twenty something years. Oh, and wow! I it. It's amazing, endless stories to tell about that. And then I got back when my parents passed away uh, in. Uh, five years ago, within a year of each other, I realized life is short, and I quit my job and I decided to go back to acting.
0: Yeah, and right. you've done several movies. You've also written some movies. Yeah, uh, I mean, a- right
4: now, I'm living, I'm really excited because I'm living for Paris. I did a feature called The Uncanny, which is a supernatural thriller mm-hmm. that deal with suicide and depression among women, and uh, I wrote it with my daughter. And I produced it, I played the lead, and she directed me. It's a SAG movie. And we awesome. shot it in 2018. We 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 dealt with post-production during COVID. That was something.
2: Oh my else. goodness. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
4: And now it's in starting a, um, a run in film festival. So it's playing in Paris, International Paris Film Festival. Wow. And then wonderful. in London. Then back here, we're going to uh, Ohio and then to England again and to Scotland so five festivals so far
1: great that
2: wow that's awesome
0: congratulations
2: thank you it's wonderful wonderful
0: um if I if I can can I ask you a little bit your IMDB lists like that break so I'm glad that you I was going to ask you about that so thank you for for telling us that but then there's a movie in between like you know BL Striker, and then your return to acting which is Burial of the Rats
4: Oh, no, that, okay, that was that was a long, long time ago. It's a dear friend of mine, Dan Golden, who did a lot of, did a work a lot as a director for Roger Corman.
3: Right, right.
4: And uh, mm-hmm. very close friend with with him and his wife. And one day I was with his wife, and she wanted to bring him lunch on the set. And he was doing that film, and he said, oh, I'm short of rat women. Do you mind to put on some rat costumes? <laughs> <laughs> As Joe said, Dan, don't give me credits for that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna ask. You know, yeah, the red woman for half a second. You know,
0: <laughs> so that's that's not on the resume.
4: It it, it is the IMDb resume. Yeah, <laughs> well,
0: it was on IMDb. Yes, <laughs> but it's not on but your not resume. on your resume. <laughs> no, right. It
4: is, yeah. 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 So wow. That's so.
0: So you only went in there for like a day on that one?
4: No, I, I was there for just to, to bring lunch. That was it. Drop <laughs> in with his wife, and we were walking around fur, full fur bikini with rackets <laughs> and whatever.
0: <laughs> That's a movie that was very hard. To, I can't find it. That's a hard one to find at this point. Is it? It's, yeah, yeah. It was a it most
4: of it in Russia.
0: Mm. Really? Wow.
4: Yes. No
0: idea. Corman must have gotten a good deal to shoot there. I would have to oh, think. Oh, he's for five think.
4: months. If you want, I can put you in touch with him with, with and ask him if, if he can send you the film. <laughs>
0: sure, sure, sure. We would, love, would that. love that. love that. Love
1: that, that. And the director's cut of Talking Walls. This would be <laughs> what a film that, yeah, festival we could put Yeah, in my garage
4: on. somewhere. You know?
1: <laughs> so at what point, because you mentioned that your daughter was directing you, at what point did your daughter transition from being traumatized about seeing you in these movies to <laughs> tapping you on the shoulder and saying, you know, I think I want to get into the business?
4: Well, my daughter was a child, a baby actress. She played uh, Joan Roberts' baby boy in *Still Magnolia.
1: Mm, oh, I didn't wow. know that. Oh. Okay. That's, and that, that's was, awesome. that was
4: quite an amazing adventure because she was uh, the casting director at Cast Me in The Hitchhiker, Mm-hmm. and i was uh in the neighborhood one day and he, and i want to say say hello to him and i had Clara, who was a year old at the time to to, to meet to say hey this is my daughter and uh he said hey you have this this film i'm casting they need a baby boy do you think we could pass her do you have any boys clothes i said sure i can figure one out so i showed up for the audition with herbert ross and uh of course, Clara. I mean, I, I was very much of a Diet Coke drinker at the time, and and then she grabbed my can of Diet Coke and handed it to her for and asked him, "You want some?" So he was he was sold, you know.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: it was, you know, so I was supposed to go to Louisiana for one day for one scene, the birthday scene where she blows a candle. Mm-hmm. We show up, she does her thing, and everybody thinks she's or he. His name is Claude because uh, we had to lie because the director Herbert Ross was known to have a temper, so everybody thought she was a boy.
3: Mm. The
4: next day, you know, the chauffeur comes pick us up to supposed to take us to the airport to go back to LA. He said, The director wants to see you on the set. And Herbert says, uh, what are you doing for the next six weeks? He says, Nothing he said, We want to cast your son. We we <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh my God. How am I gonna be able to pretend she is a he for six, you know, <laughs> six
3: weeks? Mm-hmm.
4: So I go, I tell Joe Robert, don't change your diapers on camera, you know, and study field and everybody say, Oh my god, oh my god, because they're all afraid of Herbert Ross. So everybody knew the crew, everybody knew, and they kept it a secret.
1: Wow, for,
2: for like wow. six weeks. For six wow. weeks
4: yeah
1: wow oh my goodness did, did you ever did he ever find out
4: i don't think he ever did i got a beautiful a letter sent to me from him and the producer was it philip start what was his name and then they sent me a tape of the uh, uh cuts from the film the, the, rough cuts as a souvenir and he told me that Club was a terrific little actor. And no, I don't think they ever found out.
2: <laughs> wow. We'll cut this part out. We won't. Yeah, we cut won't. This part He's out. A big we fan. can't <laughs> let him know. We He's can't let
4: yeah, So you can't talk about it now. It <laughs> away, so.
0: Speaking of taking things from the set, did you take anything from Talking Walls outside of keeping your clothes?
2: No, I, I didn't. <laughs> oh, darn. You didn't take a sheep or a big shoe bed? Oh, no. <laughs>
0: Did you read the book too that Talking Walls is based on?
2: No, I
4: did not. Shame on me. I should have read it. Try to find it. Yeah, is it good?
0: I don't know. I I, the, oh. I was trying to look up like how much of it was because it's only based. I think the 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 sections of 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 the book that would be used in the movie were the sections that uh or perhaps just the idea of the people, the couples in the themed rooms. But I couldn't I couldn't tell because there's not much about this book. I couldn't tell whether the book was sort of comedic, whether it was written by a guy who was a journalist. So I didn't know if this was like him legitimately recording couples or I, I, you know, I just didn't, you know, I can't find anything else about it. So, so, uh, yeah. So I just was curious if you knew anything about the book.
4: No, I don't. I wish, and I wish I still had the original script. I mean, I kept it. I don't know where it's at because, uh, Yeah
0: yeah those scenes when you re when you reshot and you came back were the were there scenes written or was it more like improvised
4: it was written, but we did a little bit i think it was a lot of it was just improvisation doing small talk and yeah
2: but this has just been so fascinating to to speak with you. And we, you know, really mm-hmm. genuinely enjoyed talking walls and we were so excited to so excited. speak with you about it.
4: You guys are great at doing an interview. I'm um, thinking, oh my God, they want to... somebody's interested in talking walls. <laughs>
1: <Aren't> <laughs> we... <laughs> It is uh it is
0: a very curious movie. And so that's the thing. Like we were fascinated by it. We were confused by it. We were. Yeah.
1: You when know. we say it's a fascinating movie? That's not a veiled insult. It yeah, is no. It we is really we thoroughly enjoyed it and it's fascinating and curious. And I think yeah. part of that is and we touched on it so I, I I don't mean to go over already covered territory but having the setup in the beginning talking about the motel, showing all the characters, it's very fantastical it's funny but then there's and i think this is the the producer's cut it becomes very serious mm-hmm. and it, you you kind of are wondering well which way are we going with this
2: yeah.
1: um but that's what makes it so that that's what we were so it's, fascinated by that yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it i makes can it only very imagine
2: unique. that's what the producers got scared of because mm-hmm. you're saying it was this very edgy artsy film So, and and that I think still comes through even with their kind of their voice on it and their modifications, that edginess comes through. And that's, what's been so great on our journey with um, New World Pictures and our podcast, like uncovering these films that for the time, it it had to be just such an amazing um, production that came out. And so that's, what's been, at least for me, because I was unfamiliar with a lot of the New World Pictures catalog. Mm-hmm. So to find these gems that I'm like, this movie, why aren't more people talking about this and watching it? Yeah, no, and it, why it went there... nowhere,
4: basically. And it is so, I, I thought it was, I, I love, I was very, I was never ashamed or embarrassed by it. I'm thinking, why do, don't people get it? You know, I thought it was it, yeah. the, mix, the mix of genre. And I, I love that. And it, I'm realizing that I'm, you know, I'm listening to you guys talk, it probably has some sort of in, unconsciously an influence on me because when I wrote The Uncanny with My Daughter, people did say when we started you know showing to friends and they said is it is it comedy is it drama is a horror movie because we have all those jar mixed in mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I love that because to me it's life right you have wonderful glorious moments and then you feel like down to the shit and then something, something funny happened yep. and I like that about the way they did talking walls and all those some really emotionally intense moments and then some mm-hmm. quirky wacky moments I, I love that yeah mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, and I I, I do think uh, we're very I, I know I'm very pleased that we we got to find out that they had shot the movie and then shot it later because there is like p- the movie it does feel like uh, I don't think I said it like this when we were talking about the movie but it does feel like it's made by a couple different people because it has these ideas what? that sort of it's it 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 seems a little disjointed at times and I'm, it's great to know that like okay they shot it without Stephen Verona that's very interesting and and and. Because, I mean, it does feel a little like, why, if you're doing this, why this, you know? So mm-hmm. there, there's a little bit of that going on in that movie. And I, that's what, again, as we're saying, kind of makes it really fascinating as mm-hmm. a film, but it's it's just got all these different layers and textures. And it's because so many different people had their hands on trying to figure out right. what it was.
4: I, I wonder how many editor he used. I, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I wondered about that as well, because i i know that um the guy that uh wrote um pretty woman was a director or was an editor on it and he was a yeah he was a young guy at the time and he uh he is also listed as a creative consultant so i wondered if he had a lot of input because as you're as i mean we were wondering that at the time we we watched it and then from what you're saying, they went back and reshot different things. I wondered if he was involved in that. Like, I don't, you know. Do you know who directed those extra scenes when it wasn't Steven Verona?
4: Oh my god, I can't even remember. This is all. I'm embarrassed. Admit it.
0: Well, it's been a long time. It did. <laughs> you're. It, that's okay. I barely remember what I did last week. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, produce, it's. I
4: think the producer was. Well, I cannot remember
0: yeah it was so but it was not Stephen Verona there is is the point I don't
4: remember ever seeing Stephen again after the screening yeah
0: yeah yeah a guy named uh, Jonathan Lawton is credited with uh, with it but he's he goes by I believe J.F. Lawton okay. uh, and he went on to and he had directed stuff he'd worked for um, Empire Pictures at the time and so how he got involved to do this and edit it I don't know but yes it does seem like and a creative consultant to me thought I thought maybe he was Maybe even brought in more to yeah. do the extra stuff later to, yeah. I guess, quote unquote, fix the film if that's indeed what they were try- the producer was trying to do.
4: I know the, um, I mean, the the DP on the original shoot was one I can't remember his name. It was wonderful,
0: Scott oh, Miller. Scott,
4: yeah, Scott, and I think that was one of his first thing he did. The
0: it, it, yeah, it may have been. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, do, a couple last questions. Do you remember working with Barry Primus? And what can you tell us about working with him? He did do a, a few things with um, with New World, so like that's why I, you know, wanted to ask about working. with Yeah, he's with a terrific him, but...
4: actor. He's very, very. He's, he's very good friend with Robert De Niro. He's part of those mm-hmm. New York actors. I think the Actors Studio and all that. He's yeah, he's an amazing, he's really good, amazing actor. Yes.
0: Um. So is that is that the next movie that's coming out for you? The Uncanny is that the yes. or. So, but because I see on your IMDb that there's a couple other projects that are sort of upcoming. We're that...
4: working on, on something else, but we don't have any money for it. We're just writing it, you know, level okay. four. But then Kenny is something I, I produced.
3: Right.
4: Um, and a dear aunt of mine passed away and that left me a small amount of money that I didn't know was coming. I kind of wanted to be, should an actress. I want to be a director instead. And we talked Film school. It was either USC for one year, or let's do a very low budget movie. And we thought, <laughs> let's do the movie.
0: Yeah, sure, yeah.
4: absolutely. Yeah, isn't that crazy? How is it, how expensive school is? It's now?
0: ridiculous. Oh yeah, It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, and USC is you know it's it's a it's a good amount of money. That's we, high we, up there. Yeah, it's we insane. we all three of us have kids that are going to be in college sooner than later, oh, and uh, ouch. so yeah, yeah. But it's, it's uh, awful yeah 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 a little nervous about that but yeah. hey <laughs> <laughs> and that's great that you're working with your daughter this is that's
4: so oh, it's cool amazing too, right? it, it's unbelievable experience and you know i mean she lives together here right now because boyfriend broke up with us so she, before covid she moved back here and you know daughter mothers i don't know if you have do you have a daughter
2: yes how old is she she's 12
4: okay so, but you know, I'm like, I'm looking for my lipstick and I know I can find it, and she has it, <laughs> some, you know, stupid thing. We start bickering about it.
3: okay mm-hmm.
4: But mm-hmm. as co writers, it was amazing. We got along way better as creative than as mother daughter, if that makes sense. Wow. Mm-hmm.
3: Wow. Yeah, yeah.
4: So I would write, we would decide, we did the storyline together. We decide which scenes to write, and then we would write it in a different room of the house, and then trade the computer, the laptop, and dev person would review it and do note corrections or whatever, give notes. And um, for her, it was more difficult than for me, because it's very hard for her to watch me go in a very dark place as an actress. Mm. For me, it's like, hey, it's fun. I love it, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> but the, 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 the part was very demanding. Basically, I go down the rabbit hole. It was... Oh, she said, "Really hard for her to see that."
0: Mm-hmm. And then That's we added... cool. we're, we're excited to see it. That... Mm-hmm.
4: Thank you, thank you. And mix, like I said, mix genres got a lot of dark humor in it. And we were really nervous about it because when you deal with depression, suicide, people might say, "Whoa, humor!" But I had so much experience working with teens who were suicidal, and i you know, <laughs> um, I felt safe going there. And when we had our screening for the cast and crew and their friends, they laughed at all the right places. So that was perfect. That's
0: awesome. That's great. That's a great feeling.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we hope to, it opens up also discussion, Q&As afterward with uh, sort of taking away the shame about talking about suicide. You know what I mean? It's not something to keep hidden. You know, you should felt comfortable to, to approach subjects like that, um, but yeah, it was it was an amazing experience. It was crazy, crazy, crazy because it's a period piece. We go back and forth with the past, present.
3: Oh, cool! Uh,
4: which was really crazy. We wrote it in two thousand sixteen, and the the mother of my co star in the film she dies of the Spanish flu. Oh
0: wow! Oh, That's wow. wow! The odds. <laughs> yeah, you,
1: she, yeah. <laughs> her
4: death is the impetus of the whole story. And it was from the Spanish flu, wow. and we shot in 2018. <laughs> wow.
1: So,
0: very so it's it's gonna pay off now. Now <laughs> you've had all these years okay. that'll add an extra layer to it. And
4: totally, totally, and a depression suicide, which is now getting so out of right. hand, you yeah. Know, mm-hmm. uh, since COVID, so our timing was rather spot on.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the next movie that you're trying to get funding for that you're writing, is that also in like a genre film or is that like- uh,
4: it's, it, it it deals with uh, youth in an LGBTQ uh, residential treatment facility uh, during the AIDS epidemic in 1992. So it's uh, it's about my life when I work as a counselor. I was the first mm. staff to be hired in a group home for LGBTQ. Kids have been taken away by the state for abuse by their pay- at home-
3: Wow,
4: when they were gay. I didn't. Uh, uh, they would beat them up or whatever. Yeah. So mm. they live in in those group homes, and we also had kids with full blown AIDS. We were the only one in the country taking kids with AIDS. Wow,
0: wow, wow. that so,
4: uh, that was intense. Yeah, That's that really sounds intense. it. Yeah, absolutely. and again, it's a mix of genre. There's there's really been a lot of humor because working with teenagers. I mean, the stuff they pull is unbelievable. But also I love less very very dark things
0: mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. Well, on that uh, on that no- on that sober note, um, <laughs> um, Marie, thank you so much for talking with us. Mm-hmm. This well, was, it was amazing. So
4: much fun! It was totally worth it. Getting up early, taking a shower, put my makeup on.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm glad we well, could make you. that worth it. Thank I'm you so, so much. Yeah,
0: this was great. Thank <laughs> you so much. Um, yeah, like I said, when we watched, when you watch Talking Walls you you can't help but have questions and there's just nowhere mm-hmm. to look so it's so great that we were able to yes, connect with you, you and be able to find out some some aspects of the movie you know
4: you know now now you're picking my interest I will want to come back for my trip I want to watch it the, the and and see that which moments were added to and I will send you an email letting you which scenes were the
0: excellent That'd That'd be be That'd That'd awesome. that would be amazing yeah please yeah. please do and find that director's cut we would love to see it <laughs> you know yes for your daughter's
1: sake for your daughter's daughter's sake sake. your daughter
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but thank you again and it was so great meeting you you. yes and yeah we wish you all the best and uh, good luck with the uncanny
3: pleasure the uncanny
0: the uncanny so hopefully uh hitting uh festivals now and hopefully getting distributed uh sometime (laughs) in the the near future yeah exactly all (laughs) right thank you so much and that's it that was our conversation with marie
1: loren
2: she's lovely She's so awesome. great.
1: Yeah. And really, I, I I want to express how much I also really enjoyed Creature. And <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yes. I, I know we were here to talk with her or the, the point of the interview was to talk with her about Talking Walls. But sure. I could have just as easily spent an hour talking with her about Creature mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. this was one of those movies that showed up as part of uh, our Vinegar Syndrome subscription. Sure. Um, and I really like that movie. She really uh goes all out in that movie. <laughs> she so. mm-hmm. does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those funny uh, you know because I do
0: try to use Letterbox. I'm not always so so great with it, but I try to use it every time I watch a movie and I when I first watched Creature because we got it from Vinegar Syndrome as you said and I hadn't seen it before and I watched it and I was like, yeah, that's pretty good and I rated it and watching it again for this interview I went back and re- you know, did another entry for it and I rated it higher. Like it's, it's actually only gotten better to me. Like I watched it again and I looked at a lot of people's reviews. Some of the people that we have had actually as guests on the show that I follow mm-hmm. on Letterboxd that are like, not so good this one. And I'm like, I'm only loving it. The more I watch it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I'm only, I. it may be eventually five stars for me. I don't know. I'm loving the more I watch it, the more I fall in love with it. So,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know, uh, yeah. And, 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 Hey, same goes for talking walls. So the more <laughs> the more we watch it. So uh, uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation. We have two more weeks of Feb-Sest. We're going to be talking about Torment, 1986's Torment. Um, and so we're going to be talking about that next. And then we are going to have a special Torment reunion with some of the people that worked on that film. Earl Ghaffari, John Penny, and Scott Alexander. So you're definitely going to want to check out that episode. This is an action-packed feb as only feb could deliver. <laughs> oh, Thank you for Just listening to only this up. a made-up word can deliver. <laughs> <laughs> a made-up word and theme. That's what we do. We hope you enjoy this episode. Give us a five-star review if you can. Also, check out our website, newworldpicturespodcast.com. You can find all of our episodes there. You can find our merch there. You want to find anything else about us? You want to find our uh, socials? They're all there. Find us out there. Newworldpicturespodcast.com.